Hey everyone, and welcome to the Icon Church Leadership Podcast. My name is Alona. I'm the Operations Director at Icon, and I'm here with Justin Anderson, our lead pastor. And we are in the midst of season two on relational practices. Again, we're doing this podcast because we believe that when we invest in leaders, the church thrives. And so this whole season is running side by side by our sermon series, where we're talking about a rule for life finding peace in an anxious world. And so we've been going through different practices, trying to give you really pragmatic and helpful tools to use as you figure out uh, how to apply some of these disciplines in your life. And so today, we're talking about peace needs a people. We need community, we need people around us. Uh, And so we're gonna dig into what that looks like today. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that brings most anxiety in our world is loneliness. Right, like this is uh, people have said, there's an epidemic of loneliness in the world today. In fact, the, uh, in the United Kingdom, they've actually taken governmental steps, political mm-hmm. steps, to solving this problem of loneliness. And so, um, there's a, a kind of normal, uh, everyday, even when the world's not weird, kind of desire and need for people in your life, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially, and we as we record this, we're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic and all of that. We're all huddled at home. Uh, Many of us are huddled at home, uh, not all of us. Uh, But we are experiencing this extra kind of layer of loneliness. And and even if you are uh, an introvert, right, the introvertist of introverts, uh, this is is a difficult time. Absolutely. uh, and we're all dealing with that. We're all feeling the increased anxiety that uh, that isolation brings. So mm-hmm. we feel like uh, we need to talk about community as a means by which we find peace in the world. And for us at Icon, we want to talk about that in terms of you know uh, relationships kind of community, but mm-hmm. then also the way in which specifically the church contributes um, kind of formally yeah. uh, to providing some of that structure of relationship and community for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, and so let's start a little bit with just the pragmatic side of like, how do we actually get the most out of community? And I think always at the top of that list is to get anything out of any relationships, there has to be vulnerability and trust. Mm-hmm. Like we're not able to engage with people well or really ever even feel known if we're not willing to kind of have that honesty and that vulnerability Uh, C.S. Lewis has that great line, which I know that you love, (laughs) which is all about like the only way to like truly love and be loved is to be vulnerable. And if we refuse that, then like we've closed ourselves off from any true opportunity to be known by others. Yeah. And, you know, vulnerability and being vulnerable is kind of a a thing to say and talk about right now. And 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 it can be kind of a little woo woo and and feely, which I'm against. Um, (laughs) But. There's uh, Lewis talks about it in terms of risk, and I think that's a little more dangerous way to think about it. And and whatever you got to do, that's what I got to do. So um, there is always going to be risk when you enter into relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it's just that's part of the deal, right? Like in Lewis's famous line is. You can protect yourself from that risk mm-hmm. and and kind of bind your heart up with little trinkets and little diversions. But in the end, your heart will not be broken, but it will become unbreakable, right? right. Like it will it will shrivel up into a stone. And so, yeah, as, as important as relationships are, it does come with risk. Like mm-hmm. when you open yourself up and tell the truth about what you're feeling or what you're dealing with or your past or your hopes or the future yeah. or whatever, you know, you, you open yourself up to the possibility of being mocked, right? You open yourself up to the possibility of being disagreed with. Mm-hmm. You open yourself up to a million ways in which other people can yeah. harm you and hurt you. And you can't stop doing it. 
because our, our souls need to be connected to other people. Again, no matter how introverted you are, you need this. My son, one of his first full sentences was, me no like people, right? And, uh, and I feel that. We all have those moments where we oh, want sure. to say, me no yeah. like people. And, uh, and so, but the reality is you, you need people. So you, you may know like people, but you need people, okay? So we, we have to kind of open ourselves up that way. Yeah, and I think pointing to that, like it speaks to our design. It speaks to the fact that God made us to be relational. And I think this practice, the idea of like community, um, when we've been talking about like all of these spiritual disciplines are relational in that regard. In the same way that it's relational between people, it's still also pulling me back to my relationship with God because I think there is something about being in relationship with others that allows them to step into the moments when I can't go it alone. Like they are the people that remind me of God's truth and God's faithfulness and God's provision when I in my own kind of angst or anxiety or fear can't bear that burden. Like that's why I need people is that I've built that relationship. I have that connection and therefore they are the people that buoy me in those hard moments. Yeah. Well, they boo you in the hard moments, but they also, as I like to say, they rub on you, right? We, <laughs> we need, need people. A, we need a veteran. We need people analogy. rubbing on each other. Okay, this is what we need in our communities: is people rubbing on each other, mm -hmm. because uh, we have rough edges. We have things, areas where we need to grow, and if we don't have people in our lives rubbing on us, asking us hard questions, pushing on on the uh, parts of our lives that are maybe immature or selfish or whatever, yeah. we, those things go unchecked, mm -hmm. and they just multiply and magnify. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have community for that reason as well, because we're not finished products and we're not going to get finished on our own. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to have the consistency of relationship, which is so anti our FOMO culture of like, well, I was going to go to community group, but like, I just got this text from my friend and we're going to go do this thing instead. And it's way more fun. So like, I'm actually going to skip group and just go to that. And yeah. we've suddenly robbed ourselves of the opportunity to build deep, meaningful relationships with people who will challenge us because we weren't there for the challenging conversation. Right. And I think uh, it, it is, it stands in stark contrast to the fact that like we kind of flit around in communities. Like we find a friend group we don't like, and we find another one. Um, versus like real biblical community forces us to commit to a group of people. Yeah, and for you old people, FOMO means fear of missing out. <laughs> Thanks okay? for the translation. You're welcome. I'm <laughs> one of the young kids. And so yeah. um, it, it's it's important for us to, to, to keep that commitment and mm -hmm. keep that consistency um, because what often happens in the absence of that is, just as you're saying, like it's not even just a fear of missing out. It's also a fear of being known. It's a mm -hmm. fear of being pushed on. It's a fear of being asked hard questions or and, and the inevitable discomfort that comes from that. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, our, our fight or flight instinct goes, oh, that's too hard of a question. I need to find a new church. Hmm. Or um, this person challenged me on some aspect of my relationship or my marriage yeah. or, you know, the, the guy I'm dating or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't need that in my life. I don't want that in my life. I, I like what I'm doing. And so we move on and therefore never grow. And it retards, in the literal sense, yeah. retards our maturity and growth. And so we, be, we remain kind of immature as a result of it. Absolutely. There's this great line. Uh, we've been reading the Benedict Option as a book club during COVID. And uh, there's this great line where he says, to be part of a community is to share its life. And that inevitably makes demands on the individual and limits his freedom 
to live in real communities, to put the good of others ahead of your own desires when doing so serves truth and righteousness. And I think you're pointing to like this tension between community is both what we want because we want to be known and what we try to avoid because we don't actually want to be known. And so like understanding that any real community is going to put that demand on you where you're willing to commit, willing to be present, uh, because that's the only way that you're going to power through those tension moments of like, ah, gosh, this is going to be hard. Somebody's going to challenge me. And I know that that's desperately what I need. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the principle is true in every aspect of our lives, right? The only way to get stronger is to put your body under load, right? Put more weight on the bar. That's the only way you get stronger. So the only way you get stronger in your character is by someone doing this. Super annoying. <laughs> All the time, right? Like this is how you get better. It's yeah. how you get stronger. It's, <laughs> it's, it's how you're growing right now <laughs> in your maturity. I sanctification. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's how it happens, right? Like yeah. there has to be stress put on us yeah. for us to be able to grow. And I, I think about people in my life and especially, I'm going to take a risk here, but especially people in my life, friends who are not Christians, who don't have spaces in their lives where people are regularly asking them hard questions. Yeah. And, and most of us, like if our relationships are happy hour relationships, work relationships, uh, you know, family relationships, typically you're not getting asked hard questions at happy hour unless someone just has one too many. Uh, you're, you're not getting asked hard questions at work except for about your performance, right? Like you have mentors and coaches at work that are pushing mm -hmm. you in that way, but they're not pushing on your character. They're not pushing on your, on your life decisions. They're not pushing on the way you're growing and thinking and all those kinds of things. And then family just pushes on you to, to get married and have kids. So the, the, we, we need that in our lives or else we're, we're just destined to stay the same. And I, you know, I don't know you, but what you are today is not who you want to be 10 years from now. Like you don't want to stay the same. You're not good enough. Like you, you've got to keep growing and this is the only way that it happens. Absolutely. And I think maybe just one more kind of big picture idea of community is that it, and to what you were just sharing, it's not necessarily going to be, be, be the people you would pick as friends. Yeah. Uh, and there's this great line, there's life together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he has this line in here that, uh, I guess section that really talks about the fact that most of the issues when it comes to like Christians and community is we have way too idealized of a picture of what that's like. Um, he talks about how innumerable times a whole Christian community has broken down because it has sprung up from a wish dream. Hmm. Like we have this like fantasy picture of Christian community and he says, God's grace speedily shatters such dreams just as surely as God desires to lead us to a knowledge of genuine Christian fellowship so surely must we be overwhelmed by a great disillusionment with others, with Christians in general, and if we are fortunate, with ourselves. And I think it points to the fact that like, as a Christian in community, the first thing I should be able to name is like, we are all broken people and there's, there shouldn't be that idealized picture. Um, and he talks about, he closes, he says, the one who loves his dream of a community more than the community itself becomes a de destroyer of the latter. Mm -hmm. Like when we walk into a space with these, with our Christian community and we try to say like, they, they are supposed to be like this and we forget like, no, we are all flawed, we are all broken and, and the, the life of the gospel is to walk with people through that, uh, I think is, is the place where we quickly, like his point about disillusionment, like 
If we aren't ready for that moment, then the moment it gets too hard, too uncomfortable, somebody asks a challenging question I wasn't quite ready for, then I'm out. Yeah. And that kind of invalidates the entire purpose of why we should be in community. Yeah, and, and I wanna tread carefully as I say what I'm gonna say next, but uh, because people have been hurt by the church in oh, yeah. really, really significant ways mm -hmm. and wronged by church leaders and, and, and the structures and systems have worked against people in significant ways. And, um, Oftentimes when I hear people say, oh, I was hurt by the church or they this you know wronged me or whatever, mm -hmm. what, they, what they're actually saying is, it was uncomfortable, it wasn't what I wanted, mm -hmm. it wasn't what I hoped for, they, this person failed me in this certain way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's, they failed me because it didn't live up to my expectations. Some of it's, they failed me because they sinned against me. And we go, yeah, of course they did. Like, it, it's Genesis three where we figure that out, right? right? Like it doesn't take long before we figure out like, yeah, we are fundamentally flawed. So let me look directly into the camera and say, people will fail you. Join a community group, there will be at least one terrible person in that community <laughs> group. And if you look around and go, wow, these are all awesome people, you're the terrible person, right? So Bummer. just <laughs> recognize the fact that we're all broken, we're all flawed, you will be wronged, you will be hurt. This is why Jesus gives us the mechanism of repentance and belief, repentance yeah. and faith, repentance and reconciliation. This is the mechanism we have to make it possible for communities to work together. So don't bail when someone wrongs you, go talk to them and say, hey, uh, man, you said this to me, it hurt. And, and, and can we talk about that? Because it's going to happen if you bail every time something bad happens or something wrong, you know, somebody says the wrong thing you're never gonna find a community. And so you're never gonna grow and you're never gonna be vulnerable and it's, and it's all gonna go bad. Um, now, that's not in any way to dismiss really significant ways in right. which people wrong you and I'm not suggesting you walk back into abusive relationships or anything like that. But when it's you know, a, a smaller offense or someone is insensitive or something like that, like, uh, man, you can't walk away from every time that happens because mm -hmm. you'll just never be in relationship. Yeah, so let's contextualize a little bit of this in like the idea of specifically church community. Like mm -hmm. what, is it, what does it look like to need church as part of that? Yeah, uh, this is where the, the kind of pairing of the way God designed us and then the, the institution that God gave us as mm -hmm. the church really work hand in hand, right? So um, God has created us a relationship and then created his church to be those relationships. So the, the metaphors that he uses to talk about the church are family and body primarily, which are different units working together for a greater good. Mm -hmm. So we have the church, we have at Icon, we have community groups, we have Sunday gatherings, very soon we'll have Icon groups. And these are ways in which people are connecting to other people and growing in their you know, relationships with each other and, and with God. And so the, the main thing I would suggest to do when it comes to how do we kind of make the best of this mm -hmm. institution of the church is, Commit to it. Don't, excuse my German, don't half-ass it, right? Like, don't go halfway. Like, sit in the front row at church. Bring your Bible. Pay attention. We're all sheltering at home and watching uh, me on video, largely. Man, prepare the room. 
shut down the lights if you need to, put away your phone, get your Bible, get a piece of paper and a notebook and engage, sing the songs, like do it. Don't go halfway with it because if you go halfway, you get nothing, right? Go all the way and you will get what it is built for. So whether that's actually our, you know, home liturgy or community groups, like if you're in a community group, like be there, be there, answer questions, engage, take yourself off mute yeah. when you're on Zoom, <laughs> put your video up, you know, doesn't matter if you put on your makeup, it's all grainy anyway. Uh, <laughs> like, like just engage, get yeah. all of it because there's just no point in getting nothing out of it, but keeping it on your calendar as this kind of guilt-driven placeholder. Like it's just, it's pointless, don't do it. It's like going to the gym and just walking around and looking at things. Like don't do that, that's a waste of time. Yeah lift things, get stronger, use what it's there for. Like it's mm-hmm. all been designed by God for a purpose and that is your growth and development. So get after it. Mm-hmm. If we close with maybe one practical application for leaders, if I, for instance, am a, a community group leader, I'm, I'm trying to bring people together, especially in light of like COVID pandemic, stay at home order. What does it look like to lead people in that process of community right now? Yeah, there's kind of a weird thing going on with church and community, you know, in light of the fact that we're all, it's all digital right now. So it, it feels like um, there is a limit on how deep these connections can go right now. I mean, you're on Zoom, right? Like it's, or you're, or you're watching it on TV or whatever it is. It feels like it, it can't go too deep. There's a shell. But it's never been easier, right? So there's like a breadth to it that has been widened. So it, it, to invite someone to church right now is uh, way easier than it normally is. Normally that ask is wake up at a certain time, get dressed, uh, get your kids ready, walk out your front door, get in your car, drive somewhere you've never been to get before, find parking, walk into a physical space around a bunch of people you don't know or probably weird, and then find a seat and do all the things. Right now, the ask is turn on your app, turn on your phone, turn on your tablet, your TV, whatever, watch, right? Uh, it, to be invited to community group. It's same. It, you just have to turn on Zoom or you turn on whatever the whatever the app is. It's such an easy ask mm-hmm. that what we lose in depth, we gain in breadth right now and, and the ease of the uh, kind of that first step. And so I, I think as leaders, we ought to be taking advantage of the opportunity this situation presents and then mitigating some of the some of the drawbacks so um so casting a wider net inviting people to connect yeah. more easily more often mm-hmm. um and then just recognizing the fact that like we're laying groundwork right now for for the depth that will be to come because we're not always going to be in our homes we're going to be able to meet in small groups again soon i hope um, and, and if we can lay a broad groundwork, mm-hmm. then once we can be in person, we're not going through all the awkwardness of, wait, who are you and all that. We've had time you know, in an easy setting to get to know each other, get all that basic stuff out of the way so that we can then go deep. Absolutely. So as we close, we just encourage you again, we talk about this every time, like find your next step, like begin where you are, but take the next step so that that's committing to community committing to church rhythms, committing to helping lead other people in that process. would encourage you to do that. And thanks for being here. Like, enjoy the content. We hope that you rate it, subscribe it, share it. Uh, check out the show notes at iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast, where we've got lots of references and resources for you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. To see our show notes and other episodes, head to iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast.